This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Amen. God's so good. I'm so glad we have this class. No one's sitting on the front row. <laughs> How funny. This is, this is such an exciting time for me. I've been praying for you this afternoon. We all pray for you. And I believe God's going to bring healing to you, whatever you're needing, whether it's healing emotionally or physically. God is good and God is merciful and one thing as I've been praying today is just the revelation of God being merciful to you it's who he is he's all compassionate kind and it's not because we're so perfect or great at all we're not it's because of who he is so let's believe God together that we get a revelation of the mercy of God. Healing is a mercy of God. Healing, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, it's a mercy, it's the compassions of God. And when you believe that God is merciful to you, to forgive you, to heal you, to help, to comfort you, you can receive all kinds of things from him that maybe you've been like, I want to, I, and you're begging him, but he's like, this isn't too hard at all. So we're going to open the scriptures tonight and see some things. And I really believe that things I'm not even saying, the Lord speaks to you and he speaks to you personally. So I'm going to bring my notes over here since no one's on the front row here. <laughs> but let's pray first. You ready? Father, I thank you for every heart and person here, every family represented. And I ask you, Father, that they hear something from you that they hadn't heard before. I ask you, Lord God, even for my own life, for a revelation of your mercy and how kind and compassionate you are, Father. And I ask you for comforts that underneath the word God, at this time, healing begins to take place in areas, all areas, any area that we needed. And I thank you, Father, what happens underneath your anointed word. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So healing... And God is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. Many times when we see people ask Jesus for something, they're crying out, would you have mercy on me? Would you be compassionate to me? Would you help me? I need help. And he helped them. And he heals us. And he makes crooked things that are all wrong straight. And I, and I want to encourage you, too, if you've experienced loss, if you've experienced heartache, and you're like, well, what can happen now? God can do the, the kindest, most merciful things to you from now on. Watch and see what he can do. He can speak to you in the night. And I love what that word merciful means. It's a show of compassion. It's a yearning to try to help someone. We can have that compassion towards people. I just feel so bad. I want to help them. 
That's a God compassion. That's something of who he is. In 2 Corinthians 1.3, it says God is a father of mercies and a God of all comfort. Mercy, compassion, kindness originates from him. It's who he is. And when you know it's who he is, and we see that really strong in the Old Testament, and then we move over to the New Testament, and we see a show of that compassion with Jesus. In Acts 10, 38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good. What good did he do? Healing. Why? Because God was with him. Because God is kind. God is good. God is compassionate. And stay there. Even if your feelings are pained, stay with God. You are merciful. And I believe you will be merciful to me. You are a father of mercies. And you are a God of all comfort. And you will help me. When you cry out for mercy, he will answer you. And it's interesting because sometimes often we'll believe, well, yeah, I, I believe that he'd be merciful to forgive my sins. He'll be merciful to heal anything in your life will get healed too. He is merciful. And like I said, if you never received it before, now you can begin to see God differently. This will help you. It will help you when you approach him too. But I want to show you in the scriptures how kind he is. And I believe that you'll begin to see this. Not only that the Lord is merciful. And we see that through Jesus, through, the, through the, uh, all the miracles he does when he's on the earth. But I want to encourage you further to allow mercy to flow through you. Okay? So now in Psalm 86, 15... It says this, be thou, O Lord, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion. You're gracious, you're long-suffering, you're plenteous in mercy and truth. Like you have plenty of mercy, compassion. Mercy is not something that we deserve. It's not something that we earned. And this may help you if maybe you've been praying and you find that your prayer's like begging God, please, would you help me? Just please. I've done it all. I've done it too much. I've lot. Please, please, would you just help me? God, please. No, God, you will be merciful to me because it's who you are. It originates from you. You are compassionate and kind. The Lord can answer through the scriptures things in your life and give you something that no one else can answer. Something that you can't even explain it when it comes. You're like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I was reading this psalm and the Lord spoke to me and what was bothering me just calmed. I just had a comfort. I had a sense of peace on the inside of me. And my prayer is that you begin to know him so much this way. You can't help but be merciful in your own life. I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you a little bit here to ask the Lord, how can I be merciful? 
And why? Why are you saying that? Well, a lot of times when we're going through a hard time or we're sick, you have a tendency to draw in. I need a lot of help and all. But the Bible actually says, blessed are he that's merciful. Blessed is the man that's merciful. That person will obtain mercy. And that is, let's see, if seven, it's the Beatitudes. Blessed is the man that's merciful. You'll obtain mercy. There's another scripture in James 2.13. It says, for you'll have judgment without mercy if you show no mercy. But if you have mercy in your life, it will triumph over judgment. So in other words, if you do something wrong and you need mercy, but you've been merciful, you, you, God's like, that's going to work for you. He's merciful. We want to be merciful. And you may feel like, but I, my body doesn't feel very strong. My emotions do not feel very strong. I, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord, how can I be like you? How can I show mercy? How can I get to the place? You can call someone who needs something more than you do. You can be, I'm telling you, this, this will help you huge. And I'm going to show you a man who received something so beautiful from God, received and saw God as merciful, but he also had it in And it's about the centurion. I want to read it. We see it in Matthew and we see it in Luke. And I want to read both of them. Matthew gives a description of him. Luke, he was a doctor and he's more detailed. And so we're going to see even more there too. And we'll see how the Lord leads. I've had a lot that the Lord will even show me. I love these times as I'm studying. I'm like, Father, I just always see new things. But I want to, sh- I want to tell you too, a centurion at that time, they weren't very liked people. They were known to be cruel. A centurion was about, they were over about 87 to 100 people. You didn't get this job easy. It, this job was earned. You were a warrior. You were tough. You had fought a lot of things to become a centurion. And they made a lot of money too. So this is a very prominent known position. You don't mess around with these guys at all. But he has a need. And you'll find in life, no matter what you're going through, we all have needs. And we need to go to God and go, Father, I need your help. And he does. So let's go to Matthew 8. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to detail out, um, actually, Luke. I love the scriptures. I absolutely love the scriptures. And I want to encourage you, if you're going through and you find life is difficult and you're going through a little tough time, get your Bible out and begin to read it out loud. It'll help you. You'll be amazed at what God can show you again. So half of a scripture. It's like, wow, who I would have never thought that. So here we go. I'm going to start in verse 5. When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. He's grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. 
the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled to them that followed. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. In verse 13, and Jesus said unto the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in that very same hour. So we see that the centurion comes. He has a servant that he cares about. He feels compassion towards this servant. Remember, if you have compassion in you, compassion and mercy originate from God, the Father. He is a Father of mercies. He's the originator of compassion. It's who he is. I want to tell you a story interesting as you maybe go to Luke 7. I thought this was interesting. And I told it to Alan, and he's going to tell it tonight. I said, well, I get to tell healing class first. (laughs) So um, we'll see if we tell it differently, huh? So it's this story about a young soldier, and he had a senior officer over him who really humiliated him who just went beyond what he should have with this young soldier, and he knew it too. And that's why he kind of dismissed the soldier's comment through clenched teeth that said, you will regret humiliating me, and I'll make sure of it. But the senior officer knew. He just, he really got on him, and he shouldn't have liked that. He went against the rules. So a couple days later, there was bombing where they were, and this senior officer actually got wounded and hit, and he was away from the troops. And through the haze, all of a sudden, he sees someone coming to him, and it was this young soldier. And this young soldier came, dragged him, risking his own life to safety, and the senior officer apologetically went... Son, I, um, I owe you my life. And the young officer just laughed, and he said, I told you you'd regret humiliating me, and I'd make sure of it. But what a humiliation by showing mercy. And that's what God does for us. As an unholy people that don't do it right, a holy God reaches down and will be compassionate towards us. It's because he's kind and he's good and he happens to love you. And he already knows your weaknesses and he already knows what you need and he can give it to you. He can fill in empty places. He can answer questions and Everything the enemy would want you to think is he's not merciful and he doesn't care about you. But that's not true. He is merciful. 
I want to show you through the book of Luke a way that you can begin to approach God and see him. And again, it is my prayer that the revelation of God being merciful and compassionate. Let me say this too. I have had some things happen in my life that I cried about. And I didn't realize till later on I was delivered from. There are some things that's like, Lord, what happened? I didn't realize God delivers us sometimes because he loves us. He sees down the road. He's a compassionate, loving, merciful father. Compassionateness. I wrote it down because it was hard to say. It says compassionate. Where did I put it? I know. Well, I guess I'll find it maybe later on. But it says the words like compassionateness is a part of his character. It's who he actually is. And I've never used the word compassionateness. Have you ever used that word before? Me neither. Maybe I wrote it down differently. Maybe it's really not a word. I don't know. But let's go back to the scriptures, right? Luke 7. Now, when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. Now, listen, this man has compassion. He is a centurion. He is a warrior. This is a strong man, a very earned position. Everybody looks but he messes around with these guys at all. And yet he has compassionate feelings. He has a kind feeling that his servant is sick and he wants him well. Again, if you can have these feelings, you got to think of how much more God has them for us. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servants. He never actually, we're going to see, sees or interacts with Jesus personally. He sends people to them. Now, this is the reason why we're going to see it's such great faith. He sends elders to Jesus. Now, in Matthew, it says he sees him. He goes to him. Here it says he sent people. He didn't actually go to him. He sent, isn't it nice that you have all these different, you go, wow, thanks, Luke. You filled in a few different things here. So what did they say when they came to Jesus? When they came to Jesus, they besought instantly and said that he was worthy for whom he should do this. The Jews in the center, they didn't like they were this was these were tough people so the Jews are going Jesus would you do this he has loved our nation he's built us a synagogue this man you know he didn't do it out of Rome he did it probably with his own money he honored the Jewish community he honored show honor to God he did some things guess what he had in his life mercy blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Whatever we sow, 
we're going to reap. No matter what kind of pain you're in, this has always worked for me for years, whether my body was hurting or my heart. If my heart or my body are working, I'm like, I have to reach out somewhere to someone else. Reach out beyond your pain and be compassionate somewhere to someone. If it's giving like Hershey kisses, that's fine. It doesn't have to be anything big. Some kind of little gesture of, I want to be who you are. And, and you know, you'll see him that way. I did read something. It says, if you're care-filled, you'll find that you're cared for. <laughs> I thought that was kind of, you know, a nice little saying there. But you, there's mercy in this man's life. And you'll find that it's, when it's in your life, it's easier for you to believe that God is merciful too. It is. So I want to encourage you, reach out beyond your pain. Look for little acts of mercy that you could do. And I believe you'll, you'll see some things come back to you. Again, mercy triumphs over judgment. We don't do it right. Sometimes we're, we get in situations because sometimes it's, just it's purely us and God is still merciful and he's kind so look this man was merciful then Jesus went with them he goes with them he's going to go and heal this centurion he doesn't have a covenant with God he's going to go and heal his servant he is And when he's now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him. He doesn't go again. And he says to him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not worthy. And one translation says, worthy of the honor that you should come under my roof. I am not worthy of the honor that you should come under my roof. Uh, This man has such a great respect for Jesus has a great honor towards the things of God, so much so that he helps the Jewish community, that he sows mercy, and is extremely respectful all the way around. And you can see that here. I'm not worthy for you to come under me. You don't have to. Uh, and th- that's when he said, Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you. I didn't even feel like I should come to you. All you have to do is say in a word and my servant will be healed. And this is why Jesus stops everybody and he says, okay, wait. It's like a teacher going, I'm going to point out really good behavior. It's right here. Here's the quiet seat prize. Jesus is saying, this is great faith. I haven't seen it anywhere. Why? What made it great faith? Because this centurion doesn't have to see Jesus, doesn't have to have Jesus lay hands on on the servant at all. He says, all you have to do is say a word. Because I'm under, basically what he does is, I put myself under your authority. He wasn't looking at this in the natural at all. He could have said, naturally, I'm above you. I'm a centurion. Everybody listens to me. Hey, you know, all right, Jesus, come to my house, do this and do that. He's used to giving orders. He's like, this isn't a natural thing. This is a spiritual thing. And you're leading Jesus. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. I place myself underneath your authority by placing myself underneath the authority of your word. All you have to do is say it. 
And that word is true. That's great faith. And any of us can do that. God can give you a word that you go, I don't have to understand it. I trust it. I come underneath that word. I'm not going to buck. It does, I'm not going to buck that at all. Remember, it's not natural. The enemy would always want you to look at the natural, look at the spiritual part of this. Sometimes we crave this, like, I want to feel better. I need this. I need a good report. I need that. A good report's okay. But if you have the word of God, you have a good report. You have a good report. You have a word. It, it, it's true. Okay, so let's verse 8. For I also am a man set under authority. So he's like, I understand authority. I understand who has dominion. I understand how to take a rule, an order, and I understand how to give them. Having say unto one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returned to the house and found the servant whole that had been sick. Whole would mean, now in this version of Luke, it says he's about to die. And not only is he not going to die, in Matthew's version, it says he's grievously tormented with palsy. Whole would mean all of that's gone. He's completely made whole at the very time, at the moment that Jesus says, go your way. Faith has made him whole. What you believed, what did he believe? Did he believe what he saw? Did he believe and say, I went to Jesus, I saw him? Let No. I believe the word that Jesus spoke. If you say it, whatever word, that's all I need is your word. That's all you need, and guess what? You have it. If you ask God and say, Father, will you give me a word? Will you speak to me? Talk to me about this. He will give you something again that nobody else can give you. And in God's words, God's words are spirit, they're his breath, and they're life. He will breathe into you what you need with his word. It also says in Proverbs 4, I think between 20 and in um, 22, it says, God's words, attend to them, incline your ear to them, listen to them, because God's words are medicine to all of your flesh. I just love that. Medical science does everything they can to help us, but they usually have to have a medication for all different things. This is for my elbow, this is for my heart, this is for my foot. You could take like a thousand medications. This right here, God's word, is medicine for all your flesh. Do you love that? One goss pill. And it has, it's, uh, if you'll take God's words and open it up, and read it for yourself out loud. God's words 
will bring hope and healing and comfort and relief to all of your life. If you've been grievously tormented and can't sleep at night like this servant boy that the centurion happened to love that was dear to him, that can stop. You can be made perfectly whole. You can. No matter what age, no matter what stage you're at either. But I think we have to realize God's words are life. God's words are medicine. They will heal us. I told this in staff prayer um, this last week. Um, my first, not my first grandchild, but my third one was in NICU. And some of you may remember I was teaching healing class at that time. And so when I went to the ICU NICU, it was a little bit different than I was thinking. And things weren't looking like we were wanting them to look. And you have all these tendencies to think things through and get afraid. And I'm trying to keep, you know, things calm for my daughter and her husband and just pray about this. And Alan calls me and he says, I have a word. This is the word for this today. It's Romans 8. I think it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And it will quicken the baby's mortal body. So today he said that word quickened comes to me, make alive. Just speak the word quickened, quickened. I didn't even know how much we would need that word on that day when we went up to the hospital. All kinds of things, scary things went wrong. And I remember looking at my son-in-law and I was like, quickened. Oh, we didn't feel it, but we said it. If that's the word God gave us, that's what I'm going to say. I, he, you speak your word only, Lord, and then I'll speak that word only. Quickened. 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 And what happened? Not right at first, but then there came a quickening. And the baby actually came out of NICU five years ago today. Isn't that interesting? Will God do that for you? Yes. He will speak a word to you that will bring life, that will bring good health, healthy emotions, a quality of life that you're like, I never thought I, I could even have that. How, how do we get these things to... I want to share with you, and I love how Derek, you know, we talk about, I love to read my Bible, bring your Bible, respect and honor the word of God like you have never done before. I love how the centurion has great respect and reverence and honor for um, Jesus. I'm not worthy of the honor of you coming to my house. I didn't even think I was worthy to go to you. All you have to do is speak a word. I don't even want to bother you. If you say that word, I, I will just take that word. That's all I need. He had great respect, love, mercy, compassion in his life. When you begin to believe God's merciful and treat him, 
You've been merciful to me, Lord. I have done so many things wrong, and you've been so kind to me. Sometimes we kind of act like we deserve stuff. Hey, how come? And we get a little, you know, bossy at stuff instead of humble. Humility and healing go together. And we see this man in the natural have a position, but he doesn't go before Jesus because of his position. Maybe Jesus didn't come in the walls of his house, but he sure did come in the walls of his heart. And he respected and he loved him. I, there's three scriptures here out of Psalm 119, 117. One says, hold me up and I'll be safe and I'll have respect under your statutes continually. A respect would be like a deep admiration, an understanding of the importance of something or someone. In Psalm 119.6, it says, then I'll not be ashamed or you could say confused or anything like that when I have respect unto all your commandments. And Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate in your precepts and have respect unto all your ways. You know, respect is, when we respect something, we, we value it. So, you know, I, I think differently of pens than Alan does. I have cheap pens. I put them in my hair. I like pencils more. But, um, and, you know, I never, I was like, it's a pen. Yeah, I throw it in my purse and things like that because I don't get expensive ones. But Alan, oh, <laughs> he has this thing with pens. I was like, that is just a little, I don't know, but he likes it. He likes fountain pens. Does anybody in here like fountain pens? He Okay, Jack, I'm sorry. It's a little unusual to me, but he likes fountain pens. He's got to take all this time to do his fountain pen. Well, fountain pens are kind of expensive. You've got to, like, take it and you've got to blot it. And you got to, you know, and I'm like, that, wow, that takes a lot of time. So I love to bother him. I'll go, can I borrow your pen? He's like, no, you'll write on it differently. You can't borrow my pen, and I know you'd probably try to put it in your hair. No. <laughs> I do not value pens like he does because they're expensive. His are expensive. When something's expensive and worth something, you take care of it differently. And he has a little pen case, too. It's real cute. He just lines those little things up, you know. I don't have a pen case because I don't have expensive pens. But if I did, I'd probably take better care of them. We need to think of God's words as so special, such a treasure you do have treasure here. You have everything you need with God's words. He can talk to you. You will be all right. You will see the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, the healer, the strength giver, the merciful one. Be that to you. It's who he is. And when you begin to talk to him and ask him anything, he will reveal himself to you. And that's been my prayer. But also, too, I, I love the respect. And also, this centurion comes underneath the authority of the word. You have to allow God's words to rule and reign and have dominion in your life. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I think, what the diagnosis is. I can, I can you know, all right, I'm not going to deny that. 
but I believe what God says is greater. I'm going to let that rule over me. I'm going to let that reign over me. I'm going to let that have dominion over me. The most important thing in my life, the most valuable thing in my life, is what God has to say about this. I love it. It's Isaiah 53, 1. It says, um, who's going to believe the report of the Lord? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? If you believe the report of the Lord and what God has to say over a situation, you'll see the arm of the Lord yield to you. He'll roll up his sleeves, pull you out of a situation. Can he pull you out of a death grip? Yes. Can he pull you out of a diagnosis? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. But I want to encourage you, look at him that way. Talk about, you're my God. Give him all the honor. Magnify him. Sometimes I think we respect this too much. We do. It's I have. It's, it's, and we even whisper, we go, it's, it's, it's cancer. Instead of it's cancer. You can be disrespectful towards those things. And, but, but God is my helper. God is merciful to me, and God will help me. He'll bring together broken pieces. He'll put things together for me. If it's crooked, I believe he can make it straight. If it's wrong, I believe he can make it right. If it's a death sentence or diagnosis, I believe he can bring life to me because he's God, and he's good, and he's my God, and he'll be merciful to me. He's a father of mercies. It's everything of who he is. He's compassionate. It means he yearns in his heart to help you. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. And he's like, I want to help you right where you are. And not because you're perfect. Just because of who he is. He fills in that gap. When we don't do it right, he still will rescue us. He still will help us. The mercies of God, the goodness of God, and mercy in your own life will really combat some problems. They really, really do. You want to come underneath the authority of the word of God. And the scriptures say too, what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we have keys. And that scripture is Matthew 16. God gave us keys. So we lock something out or we let something in. Allow God into your heart. Lock out the things that are wrong. You can actually do that and go, I'm staying under the authority of the word of God. The day that we, we spoke quickened, everything else in the natural that we could see was saying and proclaiming something different. But we spoke that word over that. Quickened. 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 You can do it through tears. You could do it in the night. Speak God's word. And you'll see it come to, tr- to come to pass. You'll see it come through. He is faithful. That's another attribute of God. He's faithful. He will not let you down. You can count on him all the time, all your life. But remember too, to come underneath the authority of God's word to 
underneath his direction, his word, and sometimes even his correction, takes humility. This man has great humility. He has rank, he has position, he has money. He doesn't come to God on any of that at all. He says, I'm underneath whatever you say. When you do that and you come to the Lord, he comes to him as a servant, like someone with an apron on. It says, clothe yourself with humility. It means tie an apron around you. Remember, you're a servant of the Lord. He leads I follow. I allow him dominion in my life. I allow him to lord over my life. I allow and I give him all the authority. It's the safest place you will ever, ever, ever be. Underneath the authority of the word of God. Underneath the shelter of the most high. You'll sleep really well at night that way. Pick a scripture at night or a psalm and read it before you go to bed. Let that be the last thing you listen to or read something from God before you go to sleep. I'm underneath your word. I trust in you. I love you more than anyone. I honor you, Father, and I believe you're merciful. Ask God to speak to me in the night when I wake up to God's words. So I'm reading a devotional that I have of Cory Temboo's life. It's just fascinating. And she told this one story about a man during World War II that was in a German prison camp. And he was an Englishman. And everybody around him was dying. And he was reading Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. So he's reading that, and he cries out to God, and he says, God, I see everybody dying here. Am I going to die? Am I going to die? Because I don't want to yet. I still want to do some good things on the earth. I still want to do some things for your kingdom. I don't want to die yet if I can and he believed in his heart, he had a whisper from the Lord that the Lord said, take that word and go home. Take that word. And do you know what he did? As a prisoner, he went up to the, prisoner guard, the prison guard like he was, like was going to walk out. And the prison guard said to him, what are you doing? You have to stop. And he said, I'm under the protection. His translation said protection, shelter. I'm under the protection of the Most High. And the prison guard just stood at attention and let him go by. Then he went to a whole group of soldiers at the main gate. And they said, prisoner, stop. What are you doing? And he said, I'm underneath the protection of the Most High. And they stood at attention and let him go by because Adolf Hitler was considered and called the Most High. He took that scripture, literally said it to the guards, walked out of that prison, got back to England, and he's the only one that was alive, ended up alive from that whole prison. That's underneath the word of God. That's underneath the shelter of the Most High. That's allowing God's word to have just all authority over your life, and you can walk out of anything that way. 
speaking God's words, God's words, God's words. He's so good and so kind. So I'm going to pray for you. This is the beginning of the healing mercies of God's kindness and compassion beginning to shower on you tonight. And I believe all through these sessions, you're going to hear from him in a way you never heard before. You're going to see him move different pains lift off of you and have a relief and an ease and a peace. And our prayer is that you walk out whole. There's a wholeness in you. Father, I thank you for every heart. And I thank you, Lord God, broken places, broken bodies, things that are needed. Father, I thank you. You fill in the gaps and the healing mercies and power of God begins to work. And that each of us sees you as a compassionate father, a father of mercies. Thank you for healing mercies. We ask you for them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We love you. God's good. Good, good, good. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.